0: The Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Charlotte Hornets. SGA drops 29 points. Josh Giddy sets a career high. Kenny Hustle returns to the team. And the Thunder play a second night of a back to back tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. All of this and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast.org. Your teams every day. <laughs> Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Follow the show on Twitter at L.O. thunderpod, Email the show, L.O. Thunder at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Charlotte Hornets as SGA drops 29 points. Josh Giddy has a new career high. Kenny Hustle is back, but the defense is not. Again, I am Rylan Stiles. Thank you for listening to Locked on Thunder, making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the new platform of YouTube. And again, I'd greatly appreciate your follow on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore styles. So let's start in this game, the way we always do with our game overview. And that's the fact that Kenny Hustle's back. He clears health and safety protocols finally. He's back in the lineup and does play in this one. Now, Derek Favors was listed as questionable with a back injury. Remember to not play on Wednesday against the Spurs. Uh, and then before the game, Mark said that he was available, although he did not play in this contest, and that was by coach's decision. That's very important because typically uh, this season, Fabris has not played back-to-backs, and the Thunder are presented with a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. And so Saturday, tonight, the Thunder play the Cavs, and Cleveland goes really big. I mean, they have Allen, they have Markin, and they have Mobley. And you saw last time out, the Thunder start, Jerry and Favors together against Cleveland. And so if you wanted to keep Favors not playing back to backs, this is the game you'd want him to miss, even if he's healthy. So given that Mark said that Derek Favors was healthy and available tonight and then didn't play him, I think that that was kind of assurance of he'll play Saturday against the Cavs, but not tonight. And he's out tonight, but not because of the back injury, but because of, the back-to-back management. So we'll see if that's true or not, but it is a big deal considering how the Thunder want to play big tomorrow and favors is the only real option for them to play big against Cleveland. We'll of course see how that all plays itself out. Paul Watson Jr. Is out. Dale Maldon's out. Poku is out. Roby is out. And Vic Critchie's out. Uh, those guys are in the G League except for Vic Critchie, who is out with an ankle injury that he sustained prior to Christmas. For the Spurs, I mean, I should say for the Hornets, uh, Scotty Lewis did not play, and Ish Smith did not play. The Hornets started out with LaMelo Ball, Harry Rozier, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, and Mason Plumley. The Thunder started out with SGA, Lou Dork, Josh Giddey, Wiggins, and JRE. The Thunder wore their white-out uniforms on the road this time, which was a, a good look for them, especially. I love the Hornets color scheme in the Hornets court, so it was a Really good look on this Friday afternoon or Friday evening. I love the fact, too, that they played the first game of the day, got the game in at 6 o'clock, done in a reasonable hour. It was awesome. It was awesome seeing them play uh, on this uh, East Coast trip. Uh, but Thunder lost again, and once again, they lacked defensive effort. Once again, they lacked just overall defense. P.J. Washington was really good off the bench for 20, for 20 points, six rebounds, two blocks in 26 minutes. The Hornets had five players in double figures. Lamelo had 10 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, a block. Taylor Rogier at 24. Miles Bridges had 22. And oh my goodness, do the Hornets regret not getting a deal done with him before the year started because he's been a ascending star this year, Miles Bridges had. And the biggest thing about the Thunder defense is that it really created no problems. Gordon Hayward shot 54%. Miles Bridges shot 50%. Plumlee goes four for four. Rogier goes 47% from the floor. P.J. Washington shoot 60% from the floor. The middle ball did struggle a bit shooting 33%, but the Thunder offered little to no resistance and did not make the points uncomfortable when taking shots. It was just not a good game from them defensively. And, that, and that's back-to-back games where they lack effort. They lack intensity. They lack defense. And this team had, has been doing a good job this year of bouncing back from those lulls in effort, those lulls in defense. And it seems as though the grind of the season is catching up with them. Not only are you grinding and playing games, uh, you know, three three games in four days and all those other uh, schedule quirks, but you're also losing these games. And so that's frustrating. That mounts on you. It's a lot easier to get for games whenever you have a packed arena and you're top in the conference and you're a championship contender versus when the season's over, when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to Something more. This season's about draft picks and about development. And it's not even February yet. We're not even at the All Star break yet. And the Thunder to this point have done a really good job of avoiding that narrative, right? Avoiding packing it in, avoiding losing focus, avoiding, you know, disengaging from the season. But these last two games have been really bad effort, really bad intensity. And you want to see them turn that around. Now, they're gonna have a built-in excuse. Saturday is the second leg of a leg of a back-to-back, so maybe it still continues Saturday. But past that, they really need to get off of this skid of just not bringing intensity, because that's something that the Thunder can control. They can't control the roster construction. They can't control you know, the players themselves. Can't control the roster construction. They can't control the expectation, but they can control what they bring to the floor night in and night out. And for their development, you want to see them bring their A game and in intensity every single game. So hopefully this gets corrected and it's been two games worth. And so that, that is not a big enough sample size to warrant a panic or warrant a freak out by any means, but something to keep tabs on long-term as we continue uh, to progress here throughout uh, these next few games. Uh, so hopefully that continues and hopefully that kind of changes. I, I think that it will. I think that Thunder will pick this back up even tonight against Cleveland, but just something to monitor. The Thunder had three players in double figures. The Hornets once led by 25 points. The Thunder's largest lead was two points. The lead changed one time. This game was tied one time. So, so the Thunder were never truly in this game. They got out rebounded by ten rebounds. They had one less turnover than the Hornets. They had two less points in the paint. They lost the second chance effort twenty-two to eighteen. They lost the fast break points thirty-three to twenty-four. The Thunder shot thirty-seven percent from the floor, twenty-seven percent from deep, and eighty percent at the line. The Hornets shot 45% from the floor, 34% from three, and 70% at the line. Again, just not making the Hornets uncomfortable, not forcing the Hornets into difficult shots, not playing their style of basketball. And this was a game where the Hornets are, of course, uh, an Eastern Conference playoff team right now, and they're having a good season, and they're a very young team. They're a very fun team. I I love watching uh, the Hornets. But this is a game where they're playing that up-tempo style. And at at times it becomes a track meet. At times it becomes a a fast-paced moving game. And that should play into the Thunder. That should be advantage Thunder. I've been asking this team to play faster, to get out in transition. Whenever they win the fast-break points, they typically win the game. And tonight, they just couldn't keep up. This 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 factor of playing faster, playing more, uh, you know, younger and athletic and positionless and, and all the stuff that the Hornets do should help the Thunder keep a game close. Now, should you beat the Hornets? They're six games over five hundred. They're seventh in the West right and the East right now. Uh, they are a legitimate team. I, I'm not saying you should have beaten the Hornets tonight or should beat the Hornets in general, but you also shouldn't lose 121 to 98. You also shouldn't do that. Right? It was difficult to see the Thunder play this way uh, in this spot and just get kind of outclassed, get outmanned, get ran out the gym because that's not who the Thunder are, even in this season of tanking and uh, attempting to get better draft picks and better lottery odds, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully, this streak uh, of bad play ends at two or even three. Again, give them Saturday. Because it's a back-to-back and a travel day, and this that the third, but still, uh, you'd like to see this work out better for this young team. Because I thought uh, that we could be in store for a really good game tonight. I mean, you'll you'll see how wrong I was during the bed of the day segment, but uh, I thought that this game uh, could have been one that was one of the more exciting games of the season because the one it's played fast and in turn forced you to play fast with Giddy, with SGA, with Wiggins, with uh, Lou Dorp, and it just didn't work out that way. You got ran out of the gym still. We'll talk more about individual performances coming up. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends, over at betonline.ag. Folks, want to wish you a happy new betting year. And we continue to march through the playoffs and beyond in the NFL and beyond this season in the NBA. Folks, BetOnline remains the number one spot for all sport wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, baseball, boxing, even UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of these amazing offers right now that are available for the 2022 season. But online is the fastest and best way to bet on all of your favorite sports but online where the game starts folks it's so much more fun to watch these nfl playoff games with some money on the line with some action some skin in the game i want to show you how easy it is to place a bet so you go to your your search bar you type in bet on london ag you're in the search you go over to sports and bada bing bada boom i can bet on the Bengals plus three and a half tomorrow afternoon against the titans i can bet on The Niners plus five and a half against the Packers, but on the Rams plus two and a half against the Bucks and my chiefs minus one and a half against the Bills. A lot of fun football in store, a lot of fun basketball in store right now. The odds are already up uh, for the NBA slate uh, of games on Saturday. And you can see how the Thunder will do against the Cavs. The Thunder are 12 and a half point underdogs against Cleveland in Cleveland. So go check that out as well. At betonline.ag. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the promo code. That's promo code locked on. And they'll know what to do from there. Bet on your online sport book experts. Go bet on some sports. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. On lockdownpodcast.org, it's your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first lesson every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. We your next listen, go check out the Lockdown Now podcast, a nightly recap show of every NBA game with a breakdown from our local experts. Listen to Lockdown Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even watch it on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel across all podcatchers as well. Plus, again, the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel, only the Lockdown Podcast Network can do that. Local analysis from our experts about every single NBA game because we know it's impossible to watch every NBA game the night before. So we're going to break down from it all with the Locked On Now podcast. Now let's break in to some of these individual performances. Let's start with SGA. Puts up 29 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, a steal, a block, a turnover, 3 fouls. Got to the line 9 times, shot, uh, and made 8 of them. 1 for 3 from the 3-point line. Not a bad night for him. 10 for 23 from the floor, 43% from the floor for him. The second quarter is where he really broke out. Five for six in the second frame. 33 minutes and only one turnover. Just, I I think that with this game from SGA, you really like what you see from him. Uh, 43% is good. Obviously, Uh, could have been better at times, but he was really all alone out there. Uh, This team did not play good on either side of the floor, but especially on the offensive end. I mean, You can just look down the list of who didn't perform, and you see that list grow with Ty Jerome going one for eight. And even Wiggins, who's a rookie and a 55th overall pick, but he's played to a level that you expect something from him. And he's typically been one of your most efficient scorers. He shot two for eight. So just the team didn't have it tonight offensively. So the fact that SGA could still muster up 43% on 29 points and getting that on 23 shots is a really good night at the office for SGA. But the big storyline from this game is Josh Giddey. As he sets a career high in points with 21, shot 58% from the floor, One for four from three, nine rebounds, three assists, a turnover, a foul. Again, just one turnover for a rookie. and He he had some turnover bug issues last week and the week before, but only one turnover tonight. Some jaw-dropping passes that did not translate to assists necessarily because, again, he only had three of them. Uh, One of those passes uh, came right before the half, about uh, a second left to go before the half. SGA, I think, made the shot with .5 to go before the half, to be exact, uh, where uh, the ball was loose. Josh Giddey barely gains control of the basketball at the baseline, and gains control with one hand. And with that same hand, fires the pass to SGA, cutting down the lane for an easy layup. Uh, you know, at the 0.5 second mark, and never uses his offhand. Never gathers the ball with two hands. It's one fluid motion of gains control in one hand, uses that same hand to get enough strength behind the pass to get it to SGA on, on a dime and where it needed to be to lead SGA to an easy bucket. Because again with one second left, if that passes off line, even just a little bit, that adds an extra motion to SGA that takes a a tenth of a second at the clock, and that kind of kills your chance of scoring before the half. Like It was just incredible what Josh Giddy can do with either hand as a passer and also the strength in those hands and in those arms and just the strength of his body to gain that control of an NBA-sized basketball and fire it uh, with ease on target and also with enough velocity to get there uh, and to lead to buckets for the Thunder. Really good uh, night from him. Really fun to see Josh Giddy work that way. Uh, his shot chart is entirely in the lane. Entirely in the lane. Uh, it, it, it is wild, the, the shots that he took tonight. Uh, and he was aggressive. He shot 17 times tonight, second highest on the team. Really aggressive as a scorer tonight. And those floaters were working well in the, in the paint. And it kind of makes you think what can Josh Giddey become when you get him that lob threat, when you get him that partner to work off that lob and and, and, you know, you have that floater and then all of a sudden you turn that floater into a lob pass or you, you tease the floater, get the defense up in the air bounce pass it down low to your big who can slam it home. Like there's just so much off of having that elite floater and having these elite traits already that you can really see the the vision long-term. He's already an elite passer. He's an elite inbounder. He's really good with the the floater. That's kind of a go-to signature move for him. He's progressing even in season as a three-point shooter while acknowledging he needs to change his shot, acknowledging he needs to get better as a shooter the sky really feels like the limit for Josh Kitty, who's finding ways to be effective. Remember, before the season, I said that he'll make all-rookie team because he'll compile stats, and the Thunder will start him all year, the Thunder will give him minutes all year, and whenever you're evaluating rookies, you don't need to be efficient. That's what I said before the year, and he's found a way to be efficient from the floor while compiling stats, and to find ways to impact this game effectively as a rookie, as a really good sign long-term for Josh Giddey and for the Thunder as a whole. But coming up, we still need to discuss Darius Baisley. JRE was really good in this game. What was the biggest problem for the Thunder? And we still have our bet of the day, our money ball pick of the day, the MVP of this game, and what's to come on Locked on Thunder. All of that and more all coming up on Locked on Thunder. But first, I want to tell you, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Most Pilt Bars come with 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Uh, here's an idea, folks. For your new year, go out there. Find all your stashes of hidden treats. Throw them all out at your home, in your pantry, at your office, in your car, wherever they're at. Throw them all away. They're just empty calories. They're just nothing for you. And replace them with Built Bar. The beautiful thing is Built Bar has so many great flavors to choose from, so it never becomes boring to eat a Built Bar. They have raspberry, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. And in fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new Limited time only flavors. So, consistently check back to built.com and see what they have cooking. My personal favorite is the Cookies and Cream built bar. And don't worry, these do not taste like the protein bars are used to. They're covered in 100% real chocolate on the outside. They also do not taste waxy or chalky or taste like chemicals will spill all over them. They taste really good. They truly do taste like a candy bar. Go check them out. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. Built.com. Promo code lock15, 15% off of your next order. Use the promo code lock15 for 15% off your next order at built.com and go try them out today. Try them out with a cookies and cream built bar, which is my personal favorite. Make sure you go check out built.com, promo code lock15, 15% off of your next order. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder. Your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown Bets podcast. Lockdown Bets is your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available across all platforms. They're going to win you money for free over there at Locked. On bets. Now, back to breaking down this game. We're going to talk about Darius Baisley. Folks, he went back to the bench. Wasn't good. Was not good. Seven points, three rebounds, a block, a turnover on eight shots. Had air balls. And the biggest thing is one shot in the paint. One shot in the paint for Darius Baisley. Air ball to three, front iron another just the, the shot didn't even look good, right? Like, it's one thing to miss shots. It's one thing for them to go in and out or just to get a tough break or not get a shooter's roll. These are bad misses from three for Darius Baisley. And I think that the threes he took tonight were explainable, like were realistic shots, right? Like they weren't terrible looks. He had space to shoot them. He, they weren't forced. But it just feels like you could have done better. Right, it physically could have gotten him more action cutting to the rim, because when he does get action diving at the rim, he usually scores. On his one attempt at the rim, it's Kenny Hustle getting a missed shot rebound and finding basically diving towards the rim, and he dunks it home through defense. You know, you know, through defenders, getting him in more advantageous situations for him would be a good thing for him offensively. But only one lane attempt, only one attempt in the painted area, that's not his style. That that will likely never be his style. And so after a streak of really really good games from the bench and nearly perfect games for the last two weeks. He's had a couple bad ones. He's got a couple really bad ones one in the starting lineup now off the bench again, and you really want to see him earn consistency, but at at some point you just have to say it ain't going to come, right? We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I think that you should wait the rest of the year. I think that you should cast judgment on Basley when this season ends, right? And take in all the data from every game he's played. I don't think you should judge him right now or cut him loose right now or do anything right now besides let him continue to grow and play, but uh, not a good week for him after a perfect week from him. And that's what's so frustrating. This was so up and down about Darius Baisley, but Jeremiah Robertson Earl did play very well. 12 points two assists, two steals, 11 rebounds, 10 of which came on the defensive end, which ended Hornet possessions, which of course is a big deal because the Thunder not only play small, but again, today could not disrupt Hornet shooters and could not disrupt Hornet, Hornet scores was big to in their possessions two for four from three 62% from the floor. Really nice. versatile big, really nice floor spacing. I, I just, I love him more and more every time you watch them. Now, am I going to say he's a top 12 player from this draft class has a, uh, our draft expert, Richard Stamen said before the draft, no, uh, but he's getting there. I mean, I think that right now, if you redraft the, the, the draft, which of course it's way too early to do it's, it's before the rookie, uh, you know, it's before the all-star break of the rookie season. But if you were to do that right now, I think he'd be a first round pick. I really do. And I think that this team is just young man. I think that they're, I think that they're hitting a wall a bit. I think that they're hitting the wall of the grind. And I think that after the all-star break, we'll see them come out uh, reinvigorated and, and have that energy again, but it might be a slog until then, but Jerry played really well tonight. Uh, and that's their biggest problem is nobody really produced. Kenny hustle, uh was good from three but still he looked like he needed his legs back under him I mean, he's been off for a really long time and played 16 minutes and he was still good but just looked like he needed to get that extra um that those legs under him um after being in code of protocols mike muscala played 12 minutes and only made one shot Jerome went one for eight in 20 minutes wiggins defends the ball well but goes two for eight and again typically one of your more efficient scores Trey man was fun but goes two for six and again just could not fluster the hornets at all as as they all pretty well shoot above 50%. So just a a game that you just chalk up as a loss. It helps you in the tank column. It helps you with your draft pick, but uh, one that you're not going to have, right? Better the day was Thunder plus nine. Again, I thought this was going to be a fun game. I thought it was going to be a competitive game. I thought this was going to be a close game and and one that we really enjoyed. It was not that way. I lost that bet. Moneyball pick was Lou Dort. Lost that bet too. It was actually either Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Trey Mann, or Kenny Hustle. They all hit two threes. And the MVP pick of this game, Josh Giddy, who had a career high in points on some nice efficiency. Really love what we see from Josh Giddy. Now, again, we're going to be back tomorrow to recap the Cavs game as we continue to march on. It's Locked on Thunder, your team's every day. Subscribe for free across all platforms, including the platform of YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.